Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Transcript Podcast. You've got me, Scott Kristoloff, editor of the Transcript, along with Eric Makaya, who's our lead author. It's been a couple of weeks since we did a regular podcast, so this is our first time back in a little while. We published a new issue of the newsletter yesterday, and what we saw last week was focused on the Fed talking about slowing down its rate increases. Jerome Powell gave a, a talk and talked about how they're likely to start slowing People are starting to think about half a percent increases instead of three quarters of a percent. But he really reiterated the same thing that he talked about in his press conference after the last FOMC meeting, which was that the pace of increases isn't really as important as how high they will go and how long they will stay there. So that was all pretty much the exact same as was in the last press conference. The big question is how high will rates go? Any thoughts, Eric? Yeah, I agree on that. And uh, on the bit about the monetary policy reaching a sufficiently restrictive stance, it feels like this December may be a point in time where the Fed reduces the pace of increases. They've been doing 75 basis points for a while now. They think it may be time to maybe tone down to 50. But then something that also caught my eye was the two quotes on the psychology being tilted towards inflation. So you find in a couple of companies that, you're, that, you, uh, that we're reading the past two weeks, they're talking about inflation not going away anytime soon. So that anchored inflation so that it's actually the minds of companies now that inflation is here to stay. And the Fed saying, hey, we'll do whatever it takes to bring it down. But then companies are not that convinced that it's go down every time soon. What's your thoughts on that, especially in terms of the entrenchment of the inflation? Like yeah, I think as we're trying to figure out what the balance of interest rates is going to be, I think the fundamental question is, what is the true underlying inflation rate on a go-forward basis? I guess We know CPI is at 7.7% looking backward, but if you're looking forward, I think the underlying rate of inflation, it's probably around four to 5%. That's my own sense of it. It's totally anecdotal, totally subjective. But when we think about the Fed trying to bring back down to the 2% long-term inflation rate, I think there is still a gap between 2% and where the inflation psychology is. And then you would expect that the Fed would have to raise, and the Fed has implied this before, has had, may have to raise interest rates up to a real positive rate. And so if the inflation rate is like 4 or 5% or 3 to 5%, something like that, you would expect them having to raise short-term interest rates in the 4 or 5 range or 6 range, potentially. I think interest rates don't really get restrictive until they're in the 5, 6, or 7% range. That is very restrictive. But in the 4% range, this just is like a long-term neutral, if not slightly restrictive. I don't know what you think about that. In terms of inflation, I have grown through a period of time where inflation is actually somewhere around 2%. So I still don't get this whole idea that inflation is at 7% and then interest rates have to be around like above that. So it's something that I'm actually learning and also learning a lot from you because you've read a lot about this. But the, my observations for mining calls are that one, the expectation is that inflation it will stay high for a while, although there are pockets of places where there is a bit of relief. And two, that uh, people expect the economy to get worse as this was the first half of next year. And you had a couple of quotes from uh, Salesforce, Okta, and Lamb Research all saying that, hey, things may get worse before they get better. So those are the two things that I pick. I don't know how you can relate that, at least to the historical perspective, but that's what, that, that's what I pick. And then something else I also pick is that the consumers are starting to feel that inflation beat. So for a long, for a long period of time, what you've noted is that the consumer is strong throughout this year. But then you, we've reached somewhere in November, December, 
companies are saying, okay, consumers are actually feeling the pinch. I said, I don't know how to combine all those thoughts into a perspective on how the market ex or at least the consumer and expects to 2023 to play out from your perspective. What do you think there? Yeah, I think this goes back to what we've seen in the last few weeks. I think we're just continuing to see this trend where the economy is starting to slow down because of the tightening action that the Fed has already created. And so as the economy slows down or as inflation cools down, the Fed can lift its, its foot off the brake. But if they've already tightened hard enough that they're pulling the economy into a recession, we may just be on this curve where we're starting to see recession start to take off, basically. I think one thing that's very noteworthy is that even though we have a number of quotes that are about economic activity softening in the macro section, the majority of those, if not all of those, are from technology companies, which we've chronicled already. The technology sector is feeling it hardest compared to all other sectors of the economy. In fact, we have quotes from industrial companies talking about the industrial economy still being relatively strong. But within that technology segment, it's not just semiconductors. It's, I feel like we've seen this tide kind of pulling out where it started with consumer PCs and smartphones and then moved into semiconductors from that. And now we're seeing some of the cloud companies starting to be impacted by this and institutional IT companies like Salesforce starting to see sales cycles like that and having weak quarters that blaming macroeconomics. Any thoughts on any of that, Eric? I think that's the most surprising bit for me as of the past couple of uh, weeks as we read. The industrial segment seems to be holding up pretty well in terms of orders. You have companies like, I see John Deere, that also saying that, hey, orders, our orders are actually, we have too many orders, we can't fulfill them. So I think that the backlog is pretty huge. Um, and there's something else that you said, of course, like tech companies that seems to be the most affected and the ones who are doing the layoffs. They're the ones cutting back on uh, CapEx spending, some of them. There's the same ones are also cutting back on like growth projections are going into next year. So I think I saw some research that shows the past 10 years, they've grown at around, especially the, 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 top, is it the top four tech companies, top four or five, they've grown at revenues at around 18%. And I think that's unsustainable going forward as they, as they cut back on a lot of areas here and there. I don't know. Yeah. So for, again, industrial markets seem to be very strong. I don't know what explanation you can give for that and why the industrials would be that strong headed into sort of a recession, quote unquote. Any thoughts there? It is a good question. I don't really have a good explanation for it. I guess maybe just some of the demand pullback hasn't quite reached the industrial markets in the same way yet. I really, that's a good question. Because as I'm looking through the newsletter from this week, I'm reminded not only were the tech companies net weak, but we're also seeing some signs of slowdown in the consumer, which is obviously the most leading engine of the economy. We have a quote from Amazon talking about consumers being more careful in the way that they're spending. And then we have two quotes from Dollar General and Dollar Tree, both talking about higher income consumers starting to shop more at Dollar General and Dollar Tree, which is its own interesting dynamic. If the consumer is slowing down, that's going to have an impact on the broader economy. And also it's important, I guess, if you're following retail to note that if the consumer is pulling back at this stage or taking advantage of Black Friday deals, et cetera, it could be a sign of a weaker than expected holiday spend. So these are things that definitely want to keep an eye on. Yeah. And maybe a final thing to note is about the China's zero COVID policy. The past couple of weeks, is, there's some quotes picking up that, hey, it's impacting a lot of companies, I think we saw Apple switching production from China to some other markets like the US and Vietnam and all. 
Uh, so it, it seems like it's impacting supply chains a lot. China itself has noted that I think this past weekend what they did, they've cut back a bit on the strictness of their zero COVID policy. So it could affect a couple of companies that are that have a lot of exposure to China. So I think that's something that's worth paying attention to on how that evolves over time. I'm a bit surprised that China is still dealing with COVID. The rest of the world seems to have moved on. I don't know what they're doing differently, but I guess their strictness is a, seems like the rest of the world has moved on and China is still the one that's been stuck at dealing with the COVID itself. I haven't had much throughout Europe in terms of COVID. I think throughout Europe, what's the top of mind is the war in Ukraine. The US, I haven't had much about it, but China, I think it's top of mind for them down to the COVID policy. Any thoughts on that or should we end there? Yeah, no, it's certainly a different environment than the rest of the world with respect to COVID. And I think honestly, China is looking so different from the rest of the world, not only from their zero COVID policy, but some of the geopolitical things that they're doing in terms of saber rattling around Taiwan and actions that they took in Hong Kong and installing Xi Jinping as being dictator for life. I think these things are changing so much in China that it's giving international companies pause and hesitance around investing in supply chain in China. And so I think that there is going to be a real move. We've been pulling this out a long time, but a real move away from supply chain in China towards other geographies. And so we picked up in one newsletter a few weeks ago, Mexico being a beneficiary. I would assume that India is going to be a beneficiary as well with positive demographic trends. Um, so. Some of the things that China is doing from a political standpoint are probably influencing it, its economic standing. And then also we know about Chinese demographics being a headwind for China anyways. These are all things that are starting to crystallize for me as well in terms of the way that we're looking at international and supply chains. So, Yeah, that's a good place to close out this week. There are lots of companies that are having conferences this week, so we'll be keeping track of them. Uh, thank you for this week and see you again next week. Bye.